fucking professionals back at it. This was a long time coming. It's been (laughs) it's been months and months, Lawrence. Five, five, four at least, four and a half, four and three quarters. It was a lovely hiatus, (laughs) but I uh, I truly missed you. I missed you as well. Today is Thursday, April 15th, 2021. This is the Producers Happy Hour, and we are finally back for our second season. I know. (laughs) I know. We (laughs) said we'd be back on April 1st. Well, April Fool's. We needed a little more time. But as we come out of this pandemic and are getting back to work, we're taking the show back to its roots. We're two producers on opposite coasts chatting over drinks about what it means to be a good producer understanding that it is more important today than ever before. Yes, and we want to hear from you. As always, we'd rather hear your voices than ours. So please join the conversation. Uh, You can do it by going to producershappyhourgroup.com or you can email us at producershappyhour at gmail.com or send us your questions, comments, or your ideas for the show, any topics you want us to cover, and best, Send us a voice memo and we'll oh, yeah. play it on the air. We love voice memos. <laughs> also, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts because it really helps other people like you find the show. Plus, we love to be rated. <laughs> <laughs> Just let us challenged. know how we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and if you hate us, you probably have already left a review. Exactly. So, um, Christian, I wanted to, for our friends that are joining us for this new season, they don't really know us. I wouldn't wouldn't imagine they would know us. So I want to tell them a little bit about you. Welcome, everyone. (laughs) All right. So you're listening to, on the other end of this microphone, is uh, my my producer, bestie, sister Christian. Since, uh, like, what, early 2000s, you've been producing jobs all over the world. You've worked with most of the major production companies or all of the major production companies, as well as mom and pop shops. You're a whiz with both union and non-union jobs, commercials, promos, car shoots, beauty, basically every type of advertising content you can dream up. And you're a pinball uh, champion. Yes, three seasons in a row. Yeah. Lawrence, now you are an L.A. native with over 20 years of film production experience. You have produced hundreds of national broadcast commercials, feature films, experiential live events, TV promos, multi-camera live streams, <laughs> and you've created your own immersive experience called the Alone Experience. Uh-huh. Jesus, <laughs> you've done everything. <laughs> done it all. Oh, I should say people can reach you at sisterchristianproduces.com. And if you're looking for Lawrence, you can go to lawrencetlewis.com. Yes. Now that the majority of us are getting back to work, we want to focus on what it means to be a producer and dare I say what it means to be a good producer and not solely concentrating on the effects and how to produce during the pandemic. Yeah, I love it because, you know, we spoke so much. How could we not last season? It affected uh, everyone. Exactly. It affected everyone and affected us so much. So that's all we kind of really could talk about. The whole show just turned to that. and. We should leave that to the to the journalists, the newscasts, the experts, because now uh, we're we got to get back to work and producing now is a tougher job than ever. So let's focus on that. Let's focus on what that means and take the show back to its roots and deliver some useful, delicious little nuggets of information to our listeners. I love that. And I also think that we as producers 
basically figured out in a very short amount of time how to work and produce. So again, focusing on how to do that well (laughs) really will be our main focus. And, you know, while we were gone, Christian, we've done a few things. I did a thing where I offered little 15 or 30 minute uh, chunks of my time to people that are either new in the industry to get some advice on on how to kind of get their career going. Mm-hmm. And then I also chatted with uh, industry seasoned pros that I just didn't know, didn't meet. And just to say, hi, let's let's meet. I'm I'm a producer. You're whoever. We don't know each other. Let's chat. And that was really cool. I had a lot. Yeah, of it was things. like a LTL community outreach. <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah, and, but in a good, fun way, you know? Yeah. And you and I did a thing on Wearspot where we did a Q&A. Yes. You, know, you chatted separately with some of the some of the people that reached out to us. That was that. so much fun because I feel like I feel like there's such a need for mentorship or even some, you know, being able to ask a producer a question that ha- would have a non-biased, non-judgmental outside opinion about something that you're going through as a freelancer is a valuable thing. And we want to continue that. We want to continue that kind of mentorship and offering our experience to people that might want it or need it or people that just want to chat and meet a new producer. So we're going to start something called Office Hours. Office Hours. And uh, right now, if you want Office Hours with us, just email us, producershappyhour at gmail.com. But at some point, we'll put a link on the website where you can just book 15 minutes with us just to chat, Mm -hmm. say hello, ask a question, get some advice, get some advice, share a drink with us, you know, whatever you want or need. So right now, office hours are open by emailing us at producershappyhour at gmail.com. Yes, please do. I think it's great. All right, Christian, it's happy hour. So what are you drinking? Well, today, since that's our first show back, I thought I would have my personal favorite, which is Coors Light. (laughs) (laughs) so i am having a beer (laughs) i also just spent some time in the south so i (laughs) developed my love for it again so we're all going back easy easy (laughs) how about you i'm having a negroni and it's one of my staples so so i'm sure you're used to hearing me have it over the pandemic we started doing a lot more cocktails at home and a negroni for those of you who want to make one they're dead simple it's uh, one part each, one part uh, sweet vermouth, one part gin, and one part Campari on a nice big ice cube. Stir it up until the glass gets cold, and it's friggin' delicious. I will, yes, I can attest to that. All right, so tell me everything that's happened since we last had an episode. Well, Lawrence, um, in full disclosure to everybody, um, the reason why we were two weeks late was I had a death in the family and I spent the last two and a half weeks in Kentucky. (laughs) And I can tell you that it was very interesting because I was able to like the Internet was basically dial up speed. Wow! So I couldn't really do anything to distract anything and my mom doesn't have cable so (laughs) as sad as it was i was able to connect with a lot of family and do some manual labor around the farm Mm -hmm. and (laughs) get really tan in the places that show as you can see (laughs) what i didn't know was that you know we've been living at a high anxiety level i would say since i started my career (laughs) (laughs) Because a producer is a fast-paced thing. So for the last two and a half weeks, not being able to, or not having the ability to do it, but also both mentally and physically. Physically meaning like there's no, you know, connections or internet, but mentally, you know, no way could I have been on a job during this time. I realized that I need to take more time like that off. 
from my job. Yes. And I think it only will make me a better producer because I will not be at that job after job after job mm. pace that we were all doing. Exactly. So like, yeah, just take a moment. Remember that you enjoyed some parts, very minor parts of being off for the last, at the beginning of the pandemic. It was, wow, we all were all able to take a deep breath. And I just had that again. And I realized I want that. Yeah. And you need it. I definitely need it. And um, to admit that was a big deal for me. As Mm -hmm. producers, we don't like to admit those things. We don't like to expose our vulnerability and and say, hey, I need some me time or some some R&R or just some other project that's my own and away from, you know, the the madness of Mm -hmm. what we do. But um, but it's true. And I think that's what a lot of people learned last year. At least I know I did. And I think, too, that we have... We have to understand that we need to give ourselves a break. If somebody came to you, like say your production manager came to you and said, listen, I cannot do the next job. I need a break. Mm -hmm. Would you be, you would be like, of course, no problem. I mean, do what you need and I will hit you on the next time. You know, like the next job, there'll be jobs. Don't worry about it. Whereas when you, you don't give that to yourself, you don't give yourself a break. So that was me. How are you, Lawrence? How how's um, the last few months been? <laughs> you know, it's been a roller coaster. It's interesting. Like you, I went back full force uh, on jobs and mm-hmm. kind of right back into just the anxiety, the the pool of anxiety that this type of work can create. So I took some time off in the end of the year, December, January. Went back to work on on a production in February, and have just been. Uh, there's been a lot of holds, a lot of talk of jobs. There was a couple of big ones that I turned down and, uh, and I'm, I'm bidding and I'm on hold for two other jobs. So schedules keep Work shifting. will come. I know. And I'm not afraid. And this is going to tie into my tip of the day. I am focusing more on my own personal projects, taking time off and not getting so addicted to the rat race of taking every job and doing the next one and mine, 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 mine. And, and, uh, and just having some breathing room in between because, um, I, but, you know, if, if the industry isn't going to, you know, change as we hoped coming out of the pandemic, <laughs> at least, do you remember I, those young dreamers uh, <laughs> we were 10 months ago? Oh, where yeah. We were like, mm, maybe this is a chance to change things. If that's not, if it's not going to change them, the only thing I can control is me. So I'm going to change. And, oh, uh, Mm. yes yes Lawrence take care of myself a little bit more and Mm. that will make me a better producer just as you said yeah on that note Christian it's time for tip of the day tip of the day tip of the day we're bringing it back all right what do you got give it to me so my tip of the day is exactly kind of what I was talking about just say no (laughs) the old the old isn't that the old Nancy Reagan? The thing slogan? that we're told to never do, Lawrence. Yeah, and I think back to our interview with Lisa Feldman, uh, who oh, said, Feldman. "We have been empowered now to say no." And when it, you know, when it comes to health and safety on set, when it comes to um, you know requirements for uh, for safety, uh, that gave us a lot of power to say no. And I think it exercised that muscle for a lot of us because so much we're slave, we're a slave to the yes, like we'll get it done, whatever it takes. And we went through a year where things weren't possible. Supplies were low. Uh, businesses weren't open as often as they were. Uh, things weren't safe. So taking that this year 
and applying it to exactly what we were just talking about. If a job doesn't feel right, don't take it. If the timing is off, if you have your own plans that you want to get to, assuming this is coming from a place of privilege because it assumes that you are doing okay financially, right? So I want to acknowledge that. But we owe it to ourselves to protect ourselves a little bit more. And sometimes that comes with not taking a job when you aren't mentally stable because this has been a very challenging year mentally for a lot of people. And yeah, there is the whole money thing, that aside, but the, the, having the ability to just to just not be a slave to like, oh my God, if I don't take this next freelance gig, I'm never going to work again, or they're not going to call me again, or mm-hmm. whatever. Right, because they will. Because they will. But yeah, I mean, saying no can be liberating as well. Yes. It just, it, it, <laughs> full disclosure yet again, everyone, but um, there'll be times when Lawrence or I, we will text each other something like this is and lay out the job offer that we just got mm-hmm. to understand what it is and the impact, because sometimes you can't always see the impact of the job unless you run it by somebody else. This is true. Um, my tip of the day, Lawrence, yes, is um, ties into our show topic. Okay. Actually. And as we are getting back to work, I think that flexibility and reinvention are a couple of things that are important to keep in mind whenever we are getting back to work. And part of that is we, you know, just came out of the spell. We can be anything we want right now. Yes. Right. Uh And then, um, but the flexibility um, when let's say you are looking for work, I think the, you have to be flexible and who you are representing now that sounds weird but you're representing yourself Mm -hmm. so if you know your audience say your audience is a 33 year old agency producer the -hmm. way you represent yourself should be with that in mind if you're representing yourself to a 60 year old executive producer at an old school production company they want to hear a completely different set of things that you're able to do very true so even how you present yourself Whether over here it's, you know, a series of texts and over here it's an in-person meeting, you know, you you just have to understand the, the audience and your audience is the person who's giving you work. They want to hear what they, what they need and that Mm -hmm. you can do it. Exactly. Do you remember the days of resumes? (laughs) (laughs) I refused for years to do one. And then when I did one, I was like, here's a spreadsheet of the shit I done. Yeah. I was so bad at it. I've never I've never gotten a job from a resume, but uh-huh. I would have different resumes depending on the job. And I know that's more common now, but and, mm-hmm. and, and, and probably it's always been common. But like it's exactly the same thing. Same thing. You have to reorganize mm-hmm. who you are, who, what you're what, how you want to present yourself to better connect with that audience. Yeah. Um, and, and say, well, say the job is a car commercial, then throw your three car commercials on your website or your resume first. Yeah, exactly. That you're going for, say it's 100%. a content job that, you know, is, is docu-style run and gun, which yeah. mm, love those two words together. <laughs> when you get called for a job, you're like, what? 40 grand. Mm. And so, <laughs> but the, that's the thing. If you want the job, then you need to put those, then talk about those jobs that you've done before and what in co- those companies. It's just a, a little tip instead of leading with what you think is the best lead with what they might think is the best.
And that takes us to the topic of the show today. Yes. Oh, getting to work in 2021. <laughs> How do you okay. do it? <laughs> well, so a couple of weeks ago, we were invited to do a live Q&A with WearSpot. Michael Port, Perry Schaefer, and Jonathan Shipman. Yes. Yeah, so they were on the last two episodes of our podcast last year. And that's when we, we became friends with them. And it was one of many Q&As or Ask Me Anythings that, uh, that we want to do. Because like we were talking earlier, we love chatting with other producers. We love chatting with crew members, especially younger folks who are trying to establish themselves in the industry and are hungry for information because it doesn't come easily. You know, like I was saying that some of the virtual coffees I was having with some of the people were like, how do I know what a union rate makeup artists make? Yeah. Yeah, how do you know? Like, how do we know? We know because we have all the booklets and pamphlets and things. And, you know, we're on we're on Andrew Cologne's email list. You know, it's uh, <laughs> you have to zoom out a little bit and uh, realize that uh, that not all that information easily makes its way to some of the newer, younger uh, folks in the trying to make their way in the industry. Right. And even how do they find the information that they need to know or or what's, you know, random, the, the things that we've always used our forums for, which is, um, you know, Copros and WearSpot and other groups that are out there, but not everybody belongs to all of them. Education in our business is sparse. I know we've talked about before that it's learn as you go. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not at your pace because you'll be hit with an issue that <laughs> you'll oh, be hit yeah. with something that comes up all of a sudden. And if you don't learn what to do in half an hour to two hours, then it may be to the job's detriment. Yes. Yeah, that Q&A was a lot of fun. We really enjoyed it. But the question that kept coming up was, how do I get work in a year like this? You know, yes. we can't. And there are I, no AICP it, parties to go to. Right. And there's no um, you can't stop by a production company and have a meeting with somebody. I mean, you can't stop by an ad agency like nobody's in. And to be honest, there's a couple of different types of people out there right now. Some who are still staying home Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, they've not been vaccinated yet or whatever it is. And then some who are out there and have been since last May. Yeah. And so it's really hard to connect with both of those people. Yeah. Yeah. So I know you had conversations with with some people that we met on the Q&A. Did you have some tips for them about how they can, you know, they're probably like mid-level, mid-career folks looking to. Well, one was and then a couple were, um, you know, starting out a little bit. And I, um, you know, my first big tip was that I think cold emails are awkward. And so any way that you can make them funny or memorable is the way to go. So maybe it's something like, um, hey, this email is shit and I know it, but please look at my work and I know I can do good stuff for you because I saw your website and I've done these three things. That is exactly what you do. Yeah. That or, you know, like (laughs) I remember about four weeks ago, I got an email from somebody. It was a a woman who was a director and she sent an email that said, (laughs) that said, Hey, I heard you were looking for female directors. Here's my website. Thanks. And that was it. And I was like, okay, who is this? (laughs) No, I wasn't. 
And thank you for sending because three people that I knew at that moment were looking for female right, directors exactly. and I forwarded it along. If yep. it would have been like, hi, my name is so-and-so and I'm a dra- I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would have gotten past the first two sentences, but the fact that she came at me with this, I know you're looking for it. So here I am. And you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. It was just great. And I think that if you can do something like that to distinguish yourself, I think you will cut through some of the automatic deletes that happen in our lives because we receive hundreds of emails a day. We are in a creative industry and most of the people that we spoke with that are looking for work or looking to progress in their career are in creative positions. Like, let's utilize that. Uh, You know, I I know a lot of people want to put up a website and think, okay, you know, my shingles out there you know, the work's going to come or look, I've done this great work. I have a good portfolio. Why is it not happening for me? But, you know, like you said, you got to cut through the clutter and you need to go back to basics and got to let go of the pride. Oh, yeah. And look at all that material. And what is it really, really saying? Mm -hmm. You know, just because you cut a, 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 you know, a two minute content piece for Honda in 2013. What is your approach to storytelling that is different, unique, and outstanding? And and if your work on your website isn't showing that, recut all that shit. You know, you don't have to just put the broadcast spot or the the spot that went out. Get creative. Look at all the footage you have. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, I'm speaking either to, to a director right now or to an editor right now. But like, you know, reinvent that stuff. Um, I, I did this when I was playing EP for for a half a year uh, in New York. Th- that's what we did. You know, it was all early career to mid-career directors, very creative, very talented folks. But they needed, their, you know, we had to do something to get them to stand out. And so, you know, we would take some of their stuff and just cut yeah. a, a totally different spot, slap a logo and a voiceover on it, turn it into a 30 second commercial. And again, to your point earlier, when you're presenting yourself to different different um, audiences, got to think about who you're presenting them to. If you're trying to get advanced in the 30 second commercial world, just commercial world, you're trying to advance in the commercial world. Your website needs to have your best six 30 second spots, maybe five 30 second spots on your on your landing page. Bam. Great. You shot, you know, the these longer content pieces for, you know, whoever, Deer or IBM or whatever. If if you're trying to get yourself in front of commercial execs and, and directors reps or advertising agencies for 30 seconds, they're spots, not going to watch, watch it. Or they might. They don't care. Mm-hmm. Now, if, if, the, if you've only got 30 second spots and you want to get into doc work, you got to have you got to do some creative cutting or go shoot something on your own. And put that forward. Yeah. And it's okay to have three different mm-hmm. websites. You might need it these days. Because like we said, we're reinventing ourselves coming out of the, this crazy year. We're freshening up. Let's say we're taking a shower. We're shaving off the beard. We're getting a haircut. We're having our nails done. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So <laughs> the other thing is, you know, shake the tree, right? The money is already in your network, hopefully. Like if you're mid-career or even early career, mm-hmm. they'll just value in the people you know. And I remember when I was young in this industry and we were really pre way pre Zoom, but, you know, we were just barely using email. I would just go to lunch with people with zero expectations. 
zero mm-hmm. expectations, just going out to lunch with people, calling up old friends. Reminding people that you're out there. Just reminding people you're out there. Yeah. And now now and I, it's getting easier because, of course, you know, outdoor dining and restaurants and bars are opening up. Well, yeah. And I think that Lawrence, a well-known industry secret, as they say, is that's what production companies do to market mm-hmm. their directors. Yeah. They um, curate their uh, what they want to show based on the boards that they received. It's a well-known secret. So you should be doing that individual for you, for yourself. Exactly. And I dare I say that if you don't have a website, you should. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can't yeah, you I mean, exist if you don't I remember you and I were some of the first that had them out there. Mm-hmm. And I can remember, um, you know, it was so much, it was like skipping the resume. It was so nice. Yeah. Because once people saw that they, they could just go through and see the companies you worked for and the spots that you've done. Yeah. And yeah. I think that that is um, very valuable when it comes to production, but also any. I've seen websites for gaffers. Yeah. Why not? I've seen websites for key grips because if you're doing some really cool shit out there, like motion control or anything that you are a specialty at, you that only makes you more valuable. Totally. And it's part of it's part of when I was prepping for the show, I kind of was looking up what makes a good freelancer. And this one blogger had these career resources for freelancers and it's passion for the career. Yes. Expertise and skill and professional relationships. So the website falls under expertise and skill because that's your portfolio. That's your that's your stock. That's your, mm-hmm. uh, you know, your inventory. That's your that's what you're selling. And then shake the tree. That's your, those are your prof- professional re- relationships. Mm-hmm. And then you got to readdress the passion. Go back to basics. What is it you right. want to do? And I also wanted to say the when I get sent a site from a production designer, a food stylist, a, <laughs> you know, I could go through the list here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The last thing that I ever want to hear is like, oh, it needs to be updated. Oh, yeah. I mean, if it does, don't tell me. Because, I mean, I may be able to know when I see it, but the, you're already lowering my expectations. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so, first of all, if you're busy enough to not update it, I get it. Pay a kid 200 bucks to do it. All right, second, or take the week off that you know you need and work on it. But secondly, don't tell me that you already are behind in your, don't let me lose my expectations of you. You know what I mean? There is a little bit of a thing, and maybe it's more of an L.A. thing than a New York thing. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But there is there is a little bit of attitude that comes when you do when you do have to show someone's reel to somebody and you do ask to see their reel or their work. They haven't needed to present oh, yeah. their, 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 their pedigree <laughs> in so long because they're so established yep. that it's an insult to ask them for it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I have a website, but I don't update it. because right. And the subtext is, I don't need it. I don't need right. to update it. People know who I am. And but, those people will wake up mm-hmm. five years from now and go, holy shit, why haven't I gotten a phone call? Yeah. Because all the creative directors that used to, you know, hire them, <laughs> hire you are retired or moved on. And now it's it's uh, the new crop of 30 year old, you know, creative directors and producers who that, have a slick new site, <laughs> who have their own website. They have willing to work for less. <laughs> they have an eight page treatment for their resume and they expect you to. They don't know who you are just because you've had the storied career. Right. And are very advanced. The people that hire so- us change out. Right. So take the ego out because believe me, 
um, I've had that ego before as well. And I definitely had it when I was a production manager. This was my line. Oh, do you have a resume? I'd be like, who told you about me? And they would say, and I would be like, do you trust them? Yeah. Well, let me tell you, I'm better than that. (laughs) And whether I got the job or not didn't matter because as a production manager, I was neck deep in work, as we say. But that said, that attitude won't last you very long, for Mm -mm. sure. It won't. And, And it's arrogance, for sure. Yeah, it really is. Well, we're not marketing experts. But I think we figured out a lot in this conversation. I think so, too. And I think that, um, you know, understanding what our what. So our job is to sell you to say, like you just said, um, the production designer who you've asked for or whomever the DP, whomever it is. You know, our job is to market you as a producer. We're like a low level agent almost, Mm -hmm. because if the director does not have somebody they normally work with first ADs. Oh, God, if you guys could have really good websites, that would be awesome. Amazing. It would be. First ADs, please. (laughs) So (laughs) please, please, may I beg you right now? Because if if I'm showing you to a director, especially if they're younger, and um, they just want to know that you can do the work. Mm -hmm. Of course, they trust you as a producer, but what if it's my first time working with them? Give me, help, help me sell you. Help me help you. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I would like to call myself a miracle worker, but there are some things that you just can't do. <laughs> no, is the episode over already? It is. I miss this a lot. Me too. I'm <laughs> glad we're back. Well, Lawrence, Producers Happy Hour was created with the help of Christopher Daniels, who is a treatment writer, and he also created our logo and branding. And Kyle Puccia is a music composer, and he created our show music. Thanks for listening. We're back next week. Be safe out there. Send us your voice recordings or your emails to producershappyhour at gmail.com and join the uh, conversation at producershappyhourgroup.com. Lawrence, let those people out there know how to get you. Yes, lawrencetlewis.com. Christian, how about you? Sisterchristianproduces.com. Bye, y'all. See you. See you.